Welcome to We'll Ride for Wine, a podcast about wine, writing, and song, but mostly wine and writing, with your hosts, Samantha Graves and Lonnie Diane Rich. Take it away, girls. Thank you, Wanda. Welcome to We'll Write for Wine. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. We're here to talk to you about wine and writing. Yes, and today's episode is all about agents. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of questions about agents, so we figured we'd talk about them all night. Right. <laughs> and we both have agents that we love, so we're the best people to tell you how to get an agent that you love. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to that later on in the program, but first we have wine. So, Lonnie, what are you drinking tonight? Well, in honor of my month of recommendations, mm. I'm drinking a wine recommended by Kim. Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a wine that I actually had had in Alaska, and I loved it, but because I'd drunk so much of it, I'd forgotten the name. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kim sent in this recommendation a few weeks back, and I saw the name, and I was like, that's it. That's the one that I love. So um, <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, it's a 2005 Chateau St. Michel Chardonnay. It comes from Washington State has a 13.8% alcohol, and God help me, I don't remember how much I paid for it, <laughs> but it was around $10. The problem with this is that the the liquor store that I go to doesn't put the prices on the bottle. Oh, yeah. And I mean, how am I supposed to remember how much I paid for it? I know. All I know is I saw it, I grabbed it, and I went to the thing. <laughs> I can tell you this, though. Anything over, well, okay, not over 10, anything over eleven ninety nine for a bottle, that's like the high end of my, I'm serious, it's the high end of my, like, spending range. So if it's over eleven ninety nine, then I remember how much it cost. <laughs> but this was under eleven ninety I'm not sure. I think it was around 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. I really do. But, uh, so, so I don't know, but anyway, so my wine notes on this, um, come from their, their website. Cause they actually have a website. So good Yay. for them. Yay. <laughs> Chateau St. Michel people. All right. Um, the wine strikes the perfect balance of intricate, integrated fruit and oak. I haven't even started really drinking and I'm already screwing it up. It's going to be just a really good night. I can feel it in my bones. Um, this is a soft, creamy Chardonnay with layered fruit characters of apricot, papaya, and lemon zest accented by subtle oak nuances um oh this was written in first person by somebody this is amazing <laughs> i work with vineyard lots from all over columbia valley to make a complex interesting chardonnay ah, it's from the, the, the winemaker yeah so um and actually this is one of these times where when i read i think this may be the first time this ever actually happened to me i'm reading the wine notes and mm-hmm. i'm like yeah that's exactly what it, it it's got it's got that real kind of oaky some mm-hmm. people um they don't like chardonnay specifically because they don't like the oaky yeah, taste i me. love it mm. i love the oaky taste and i love that it's got all those like layers of fruit and everything mm-hmm. in there and it's got that oaky kind of feel to it and it just makes me feel like i'm sitting outside by a campfire in the summer you know mm. i mean it's just got that kind of feel to it so i love this wine Yay. i'm so happy that kim recommended it because otherwise i would have never remembered how much i love this wine <laughs> so i'm giving it five glasses because no. that's just me yes i am <laughs> yes i am and that the really five glass is something rating. coming from you yeah oh shut up <laughs> but the five glass rating didn't we decide that it changed your life this yes. changed my life i love this wine Excellent. it made me happy inside and i think that that deserves five, five. glasses because unlike some hosts of this show <laughs> i'm not stingy with my wine love 
I'm not stingy, but there's an awful lot of wine out there. So there is, yeah. there is, and I'll give them all five stars. I will. <laughs> you watch me do it. I have seen you do it. I know most of them. I think I have. <laughs> Except the blue nun. We'll get to that later. Anyway, so what are you drinking? Well, mine is a real treat. I actually found a semi-recommendation wine myself. Uh Yeah, while I was browsing in my local wine store, Mm -hmm. I was walking down through the aisles and I'm reading the labels and all of a sudden I stopped at this one and I'm like, wait a minute. I know that name. Uh-huh. And I remember that Jennifer had mentioned a rosé from this winery, but um, but all I could find was the Pinot. Right. Mm-hmm. So I am having a 2006 Red Bicyclette mm-hmm. Pinot Noir from France. Ooh-hoo-hoo. And they, too, have a website. <gasps> I'm Yay! so excited. <laughs> oh, we are batting a thousand tonight. This I is know. awesome. Okay. And the, their wine notes read, bright, smooth textured and cherry red Mm -hmm. shaded by the awning of an outdoor cafe plums and berries relax beneath an early evening sky oh no yeah so no you know no no this wine is having of an outdoor cafe plums and berries what yeah Yeah. so this wine's having a better time than i am because i'm looking (laughs) out at the snow (laughs) on my lawn Jeez, I know. Oh my oh. gosh. However, I deeply appreciate the simplified uh, label mm-hmm. because usually I can't figure out, you know, French wine labels, but this one is actually manageable. It was nine dollars a mm-hmm. bottle. Ooh, thirteen percent alcohol. Yep, I like it, and it's pretty good. I like good. it. It's a good little mm-hmm. Pinot. It's a little. It's a little. Um, rough around the edges I think right. but I am going to give it a four glasses oh well that's very good yeah, yeah. That's because of good. the price and everything it's a it's it's a good pinot for the price so oh. I'm pretty happy yeah excellent very all good right. all right okay and now it's time for our shout outs and shout offs and announcements okay so well, Lonnie what do you have well I'll tell you I have to clarify something <laughs> or our dear friend Catherine Wade known to us as Kate Will kill me. <laughs> Last week, I tried a German wine called Blue Nun because I thought she had recommended it. Uh-huh. Turns out, you know, Kate recommended German wines. Mm. And then you had mentioned Blue Nun as an example. And mm-hmm. my little brain could mm-hmm. only remember Blue Nun <laughs> because all the German names, the Osh, the Flassy, Klacken, Falken, Slocken, you know, I can't remember any of that, right? Um, so that's what I got. <laughs> And then, you know, last week I said, oh, this is a recommendation from Kate and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, no, I hate Blue Nun. Blue Nun's terrible. I wouldn't clean my car engine with Blue Nun. Right. And uh, so she thinks it's crap. And, uh, you know, I myself wouldn't buy it again, but I wouldn't call it crap either. I mean, I think yeah. it's a fine, like, starter wine mm-hmm. for people who like the sweeter stuff. But anyway, it is important to Kate that I clear her good name, and so I shall. She did not recommend Blue Nun. She recommended something else German. I still can't remember the name. Auslies or something. I th- mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I went, into the, I went into the store the other day. And I'm looking around in the German wine. And the German wine section is like, you know, five wines at the top of a shelf. It's not right. a big store, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking through them, and I can't understand any of the words on them because they're German. You know, I know some Spanish. I can, I can, 
you know yeah, yeah exactly right yeah. I'm, whatever you know whatever that I don't know so anyway so I find something and it says Oslisa on it but then I'm like okay now is Oslisa brand or is Oslisa grape because mm. if it's a grape then you know it could be anything but you know if this and it was down at the bottom of like the line so I couldn't tell if it was the grape or the brand or if the right. German labels are very hard to read <laughs> they're very difficult to read so uh so anyway you know on top of that it was twenty dollars and I think Kate knows me better than that oh. <laughs> I, I you know I would have to be really seriously drunk in the wine store to spend 20 bucks on a bottle. I've never in my life to this day spent 20 bucks on a bottle of wine yeah you know, I've spent 19, but I haven't gone over the 20 mark, and I probably won't. Um, I'm way too cheap to spend $20 on a bottle of wine. But anyway, so I just want to take this time to officially redact my statement that Catherine Wade recommended Blue Nun. She did not. All right. And I don't remember recommending it either, of course. You I, didn't. We I were had talking been about drinking. examples. <laughs> we were, and the only reason I remember this is because we were in that chat room where it takes the transcript of everything. Mm. So I looked back on the transcript because I wanted to see what it was that she was recommending before I went out to the wine store. And then I forgot. So I called her from the wine store and her husband answered the phone. I was like, no, it's not that important. He's like, you call her at the office. I'm like, no, it's really not that important. But anyway, um, it was, uh, we were talking about German wines and I was saying you had these recommendations and Kate was like, oh yes, blah, 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 blah. And then you said like Blue Nun and blah, 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 because Blue Nun is German. Right. And it was, you were just using an example. So Mm. nobody recommended Blue Nun. (laughs) I did that to myself. I apparently have to clear everything. I had it when I was in college. It was like one of the first wines that I ever had. Yeah, I think Blue I think Nun. Blue Nun is probably yeah. somewhat and equivalent to your Boone's Farm kind of Boone's Farm. Did you do yeah. Boone's Farm in college? Because that's some no, that's, Black ooh, Tower, that's some bad wine, which yeah. was another um, mm-hmm. Liebfermilch. Oh yeah, Liebfermilch. Yep. It's I was into German wine coolers and Zima. You remember mm. Zima? We no. were a test market for Zima. Oh, oh, oh! I never and you know tried who it. named Zima? Who? You know who named Zima? Who? Jane Espenson. <laughs> she oh, cool. told me that she had named Zima. That's so, cool. So, I mean, which I think is so, she's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love Jane. I mm-hmm. love her. She's just so freaking cool. But yeah, Syracuse was one of the test markets for Zima. Um, and I was like, you know, 20, 21 at the time. I was right in there. So like, we would go and buy right Zima in their demographic. The right in their demographic. <laughs> completely right there. So anyway, I'm sorry. I've totally gotten off onto okay. A tangent, mm-hmm. and this is your section. So, <laughs> so, what's going on? What's up? How are you? How are I'm you? Good. Sam? I'm good. good. I'm good. good. Yeah. Up uh, today, some guys delivered a a giant set of steps for our front yard. Oh yeah. Yeah, seven feet wide. Yeah. <laughs> and like five feet deep. So now your door is no longer a danger zone. I know. I could take the sign off. It says, "Do not use do not this use door. door." So afraid that people are going to open the door and like fall three fall feet. Fall two feet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I want to thank the mm-hmm. uh I don't know what you call those guys the, the stair step guys? the stair delivery guys. Okay, yeah. well see here's mm-hmm. the thing though. Yeah. You paid them. <laughs> they were That's supposed true. to deliver it. What are you That's thanking true. them for? They did their but job. They had a crane. I mean it was like a, they had a crane, crane to put these <laughs> You should have seen this. <laughs> Well, that's pretty cool. That is pretty yeah. cool. Well, yeah. good, so good. Neat. You know, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. Thanks to the step guys for yeah. showing up finally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and I also have an announcement, yes. an mm-hmm. update to the website. Mm-hmm. On our other pages area under Will Write for Wine Stuff, right. I just put up uh, the 50 ways to torture your characters list oh, good. with both of our, our uh, 25 ways uh-huh. and a zip file for all my charts. Oh, 
Yes, because I've been getting a lot of requests for those. Mm -hmm. So all you have to do is just click on the link and save the zip file to your computer and unzip it. There are four Excel 2000 spreadsheets and two Word 2000 documents. Great. (laughs) So knock yourselves out. That's very, very cool. Well, thank you. I'm going to say on behalf of all the whiffers out there, I'm going to say thank you, Sam, for organizing all that stuff. Because you know I never would have done that. I never would have had the wherewithal. I thought it was a good idea. I think I mentioned it a while back. I'm like, yeah, oh, we should really get that stuff up there. And, the, you know, whenever Lonnie says, we should really. Yeah. You know, it's always like, all right, Sam does it before I get a chance. Because I'm too flippin' lazy. All right. Anyway, thank you very much. That's wonderful of you to do that. And I think mm-hmm. it's going to be really, really helpful, especially for all the, the plotters out there, of which yeah. I am not one. We'll argue about that later. <laughs> anyway, that concludes the A Block, and we will be back in a minute. At Will Write for Wine, we take our civic responsibility very seriously. We don't want anyone getting into any trouble just because we made drinking wine look cool. So we'd like to make the following statements. We are cool. We just have to be drinking wine while being cool. It's not the wine that's cool. It's us. And you, of course, because you listen to us and you're obviously in the top 1% of cool. So you should be happy about that. And that's it. That covers it. But the public service announcement is scheduled for a full minute. So... Underage people get a Pepsi. No soup for you. And if you're planning on driving tonight, put the glass down. Not worth it. Also, never pluck your eyebrows when you've been drinking. That's a handy piece of advice. Oh, and if you put a bottle of Chardonnay in the freezer to chill it quickly, set a timer. A loud timer. Trust us, the last thing you want is a bottle of Chardonnay exploding all over your veggies. And if you're over the age of 35, no drinking games. You're going to have to trust us on that one. Okay, that's it. Time's up. Just remember, it's not the wine that's cool. It's you. Welcome back. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Samantha Graves. And this is Will Write for Wine. Yay. <laughs> I love saying that part. It makes me I so know. happy. Anyway, yeah. it's time for this week's listener question, which comes from Stephanie, who was sweet enough to send us a bunch of questions that'll get us straight through the whole month. Yay. So, yay. Thanks, <laughs> Stephanie. Stephanie asks, what is your funniest publishing-related story? Ah, well, I think mine has to be getting rejection for a book that had been on the shelves for a year. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> And the letter, and the, I remember this because we remember all our rejections. Mm-hmm. And the letter said, we wish you the best of luck placing your book. Oh. <laughs> Aww. Oh, which was really kind of sweet, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had actually submitted the query like, I don't know, two years before <laughs> I got but, you know, sometimes it happens. I'm sure it got lost or misplaced or editors move around, you know, stuff like and that. And there's so no way happens. for them to know which book has been placed or whatever. But I mean, oh, yeah. After two years, I think people could just kind of quietly walk away and pretend it never happened. <laughs> like, there's a certain point where you just quietly walk away and just be like, okay, I won't mention it if you don't mention it. Maybe they forgot. Uh, um, but it was anyway, nice. I mean, they did yeah. finally answer it. So that was good. So That was. That All was, right. was very yeah. nice. And how about you? Um, you know, I was thinking about, like, I don't really know if I have very many funny publishing, <laughs> some, some that'll make you cry, <laughs> but I don't know if I have, I guess, I guess my, my funniest story would be about the time that I did a book signing mm-hmm. in um, Alaska for Time Off for Good Behavior, which for those of you who've read it, opens up with, you know, my character cursing and yelling all over the place. So, you know, I would go in and do these signings and I would read the first chapter and usually it's at night, you know, mm-hmm. it's all adults there and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, my in-laws... Set up. I love them. It was a very small town in Alaska, sold out in Alaska. And um, they were just so adorable. My father in law is part of the symphony. He got like this 
this you know four piece band to come in and play and you know my my little my little sisters-in-law who were like 10 and 12 at the time or something like that their little friends you know the cops the police were there the priest they had i kid you not their priest was there so we're doing this whole little thing it's just they've got this you know the people playing music and it's this really they've there's wine i mean it's a very elegant little thing i'm like i can't believe i have to read my book here so um i'm stressing out about it because it's the priest and the cops and the kids and the Mm -hmm. you know and so the person who was playing the organ like you know the little keyboard was an organ it's a little keyboard mm-hmm. and um you know and I said well you know when I when I point to you just hit the thing like you're beeping out the bad words <laughs> I would read the chapter when I get to a bad word I'd be like Bleh! and they would like beat me out it was really funny <laughs> so I think that that's the closest thing to a, a funny publishing related story oh <laughs> I don't know I if like it really counts one. but it, well, since when have I ever answered a question anyway right <laughs> All right. Well, it's a great question. Thanks, Stephanie. To get your question answered on the show, email us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com. And now for this week's We Recommend segment. Right. This is where we recommend our favorite things, TV shows, movies, websites, whatever, and share them with you. So what do you have this month, Lonnie? Well, I got this from one of the whiffers on the um, Will Write for Wine forums, mm. which we're very excited about. Yes. Um, and uh, anyway, it was Jennifer who put up this um, this place called postsecret.blogspot.com, and the link will be in the um in the show notes but um but basically it's where people send in postcards or they create like kind of electronic postcards and email them in Mm -hmm. with their secrets on it it's all Mm. anonymous so people send in like these and i think that what i find so fascinating about this is that if you're ever um looking for like a writing prompt or for some kind of like to understand a character i think if you understand their secret Mm. you know what it is that they're not telling anybody that that will really get you insight into your character because as you're reading these you read you know it's like 10 12 words scribbled onto a postcard yeah. about what their secret is mm-hmm. but when you read it you know that character because if you know their secret you know that character so I thought gosh it was just such an interesting kind of angle like you know if you want to get to know your character better think about what would they put anonymously on a postcard like mm. that you know, what would their one sentence be? Right. So I think that, I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was neat. Hmm. Cool. And mm-hmm. some of them are really sad. Oh my God. They I went are. out there and it's like, oh my God, you just feel so bad for I these know. people. Cause you can tell what they write is just, it's heart wrenching, mm-hmm. you know? It is. I think it's so. really a fascinating insight it into is. who that person is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I just, I, I really like that for just giving you kind of that insight into character. That's really neat. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, my recommendation (laughs) this week is a website also called (laughs) theyfightcrime.org. Now, it's just one page. Mm -hmm. And there's a button there, and you push the button, and you get... Well, I think we have to actually kind of play this out, because I don't think I can explain... this adequately okay it's all random and it brings up these things so we're gonna play them out for you okay all right okay he's an underprivileged gay cop fleeing from a secret government program she's a supernatural wisecracking traffic cop with someone else's memories they They fight fight crime crime! (laughs) (laughs) he's a witless albino librarian on a search for his missing sister She's a blind hypochondriac hooker from out of town. They They fight fight crime! (laughs) He's an uncontrollable grifter with a mysterious suitcase handcuffed to his arm. (laughs) She's a strong-willed psychic soap star prone to fits of savage, blood-crazed rage. They They fight fight crime! crime! 
I love, I, you know what? It's just the, the whole thing is so adorable, but in the end, they fight crime! I just, I love that part. That part makes me so happy inside. If this website were a wine, I would totally give it five glasses. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So if you get a chance, go, I'll put mm-hmm. the link out there. It's really funny. It's really fun. And who knows? Maybe you'll get your next hero and heroine for your next book. You never know. You it never could know. happen. Because, you know, we've we've needed it. Romance has a very, <laughs> it's missing all its albino heroes. So yes, you yes. need to get some of those in there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that wraps up this block. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after we fight crime okay (laughs) a sexy international art thief with a license to steal and a past she can't escape an ex-cop with a murder to avenge and nothing left to lose a calculating killer launches a deadly game from the heat of havana to the streets of new york city the race for justice is on Sight Unseen by Samantha Graves, now available at a store near you. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm Samantha Graves. And this is We'll Write for Wine. (laughs) You love that, don't you? I so do. (laughs) It's a C block, which Mm -hmm. tends to go a little long. So if you don't have your wine glass or your wine glass full, go do it now. Right. And you know what? We were just talking about this, and I've decided I'm going to make it a, a game for all of you. So mm-hmm. I was listening to some of the podcasts recently, and I noticed that I say the word awesome more mm. than anybody should ever say the word awesome. <laughs> you would think as a writer that I would have some kind of, you know, extensive vocabulary. No, I say awesome all the time. So every time I say awesome, y'all have to drink. That's what I'm doing. As long as you're under 35. If you're over 35, no drinking games. Trust us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So now would be the time to actually go grab the bottle. Right. Because <laughs> like it's do. so it right awesome. I do. Yeah. I say, I heard myself saying it. And I was like, I can't believe how often I say that word. It's so annoying. So I apologize. <laughs> anyway, this is a long segment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we just want to say we've been having communications problems all night. Technical problems. <laughs> has nothing to do with us. We swear. Right. Um, Where suddenly, all of a sudden, we won't be able to hear each other. Like, yeah. I think in the, in the A block, you're going to hear... There's a little segment there where we were totally talking over each other and not responding to each other. And you were probably thinking, oh, my God, are they mad at each other? They're just, like, talking over each other. Nobody's <laughs> responding. Nobody's listening. And it was because we couldn't hear each other. Right. Right. <laughs> so we keep cutting out. And we just try to fill it. Whenever you hear the dead air, like, both of us will try- start to talk because we're like, okay, we got to fill the dead air until the other one comes back. Because it's always, like, you know, five, ten seconds. So it's not that big. Yeah, I mean, it really, it doesn't usually take that long, but sometimes mm-hmm. we're, you know, you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, God. Like, is she coming back? Am I coming back? Because I can sit here and do my tap dance for a while, baby, but, uh, you know, so. Yeah, yeah anyway. Me. Anyway, so if we start talking over each other and not listening to each other, that's what's mm-hmm. going on there. Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight's episode is an industry episode on agents. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about how these people can help and sometimes hinder you hmm. all right so we're gonna get started with the questions and right. uh, the first question we've got tonight is uh, what does an agent do they fight crime hey! <laughs> <laughs> we're still cracking up about that so I'm gonna fun. be laughing about that website for the rest of my life I love that website you know what it's awesome everybody drink okay yeah okay <laughs> anyway so what does an agent do well, an agent represents you to the publishing industry. 
Mm -hmm. They take your work. They, um, they submit it to editors and publishers who they know are looking for your type of work, who they think would be a good uh, fit for your type of work. They, um, they sell your manuscript mm -hmm. and they negotiate the contract with the mm -hmm. editor and mm -hmm. between the editor and the, and the author. Mm -hmm. So they represent you in the negotiations. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. And they also mm -hmm. limit your crazy, too. Mm. Um, yeah. One of the great things about having an agent is that you can be completely and totally insane, and they will make sure that nobody else knows. <laughs> so. <laughs> and I mean, what I mean by that is that obviously you can't go around, like, you know, being completely insane, like, you know, without anybody else finding out. But, like, things like when you have these little moments of complete insecurity and you're like, okay, we haven't heard back from this editor in, like, a really long time. Do they, like, hate me? Or, you know, <laughs> like, you know, when you're having one of those moments, which we all have. You do. go to your editor with that or your agent with that and your they agent, take yeah. care of it and then they deal with the editor for you. Or if, if something's yeah. going on where like your editor is asking you to do something and you're not comfortable with it, mm -hmm. you know, or you don't like the cover or you're really mm. unhappy with the back cover copy. They basically and I mean, God bless all agents for this. They are the ones who handle the bad news yeah. so that you and your editor can always have a totally peaceful, positive relationship. The agent's mm -hmm. Handle all the stuff that you don't want to handle. They're very diplomatic. At least, you know, mine is. I'm very lucky. Yes. The most fabulous yep. agent ever. Yep. And um, so, I mean, that's one of the things that they can do too. So, when you're not happy with something with the publisher, you tell the agent, and the agent takes care of it. <laughs> she just slides on in there and she does a little thing and she takes care or of he. it. Or he, right? Because some people yeah. have boy agents. There yeah. are boy, boy agents agent. out there too. Men agents. <laughs> Generally, they don't let them become agents until they are, they're at least 18. <laughs> I don't know. They're all boys to me. Anyway. <laughs> My apologies, Steve Axelrod. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I'm just joking. Steve mm -hmm. Axelrod is a very nice man. He's fully grown. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway... <laughs> I'm just not... I'm just staying right out of this. You just keep digging your hole. <laughs> to this podcast I'm 99% sure anyway um but I mean those are the kinds of things that an agent can do both you know right. kind of smoothing the lines of communication between you and your publisher and also doing all the negotiating and legal things and, and getting you money which right. I love I love right. them for that they make more sure you money get paid. than you probably would be able to negotiate on your own they know right. the house they've made mm -hmm. other sales to the house they know right. what they're willing to pay so and it's mm -hmm. their job it's their job to research That's what they do. Mm -hmm. um, yep to research the publishers and the editors to find out who's looking for what and mm -hmm. and and all of that so right. yeah mm -hmm. so now, the next question is, what doesn't an agent do? Well, you know, oddly enough, they don't fight crime. Um, they <laughs> <laughs> Not during the day, anyway. Sometimes at night. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm getting carried away. Anyway, what an agent doesn't do. An agent doesn't typically give you editorial, which right. means that, you know, they'll read the book and they'll say, you know, what market it's right for, everything. But they, they won't come back and be like, well, you know, her motivation. Typically... They won't right. do that. Typically, some some edit, or some agents do. My agent, Stephanie Kip Roston out of Levine Greenberg in New York mm -hmm. City, um, she actually used to work as an editor for Bantam Dow. So mm. she has a lot of experience with that, which I love her for. So sometimes, I mean, she actually will 
read my stuff and give me good editorial. You know who else does that? Uh, mm-hmm. Jane Rotrosen does really mm. strong editorial. They will come in and they'll, you know, but it's not, typically the agent's job is to know what market the book goes to and to sell it to that market. So, I mean, right. it's kind of atypical, I think, for agents to give you, you know, really strong, like, editorial um, mm-hmm. commentary back as far as the, you know, how strong the book is and that kind of thing. So Right. Mm-hmm. Now, um, my agent is Roberta Brown from mm-hmm. the Brown Literary Agency. Mm-hmm. And um, and when we first talked, and and I was considering her, you know, to represent me, and she was considering me, to, her me to represent. Oh, whatever. Yeah, anyway. you, you as a client. <laughs> it goes both ways. You guys um, were giving each other the eye, yes, during yeah, that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I said to her, I said I really don't need an agent to do the editorial mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. I said I think that I'm okay with that, mm-hmm. you know. But still, I do send her my work mm-hmm. um, before it goes out, and obviously she reads it to try to, you know, tell me, you know, she reads it for marketability. Right. Mm-hmm. Where is this going to go? Where exactly. is it going to fit? And mm-hmm. she knows what lines have uh, certain requirements. Right. Uh, the length of the story and all those other things. So, mm-hmm. um yeah. So sometimes they'll give you feedback like that, like what will make it more marketable. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily editorial as far as what makes the right. story stronger. Those are two totally exactly. different things. Exactly. So, exactly. Okay. You know, it just depends. Yeah. And your agent also does not um, do your publicity for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I get asked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't, um, you know find you a cover artist they don't do anything like that they sell mm-hmm. your work they sell the work and they manage your relationship with the publisher so that's right. basically what they do mm-hmm. right all, all right. right so the next question is should an agent charge me money um no <laughs> they get a percentage every mm-hmm. agent works off percentage so mm-hmm. if they sell your work they get a percentage of whatever that contract is and um, and that should all be spelled out at the very beginning of your relationship with the agent mm-hmm. now if your agent is telling you that they need a thousand dollars to get you going or whatever um, you really need to kind of take a look at that agent uh, there's a great site called um, editors and predators I or is believe? it predators and editors predators and editors yeah and it's spelled p-r-e-d-i-t-o-r-s so it's like right not right. the correct so spell it's want... spelled like editors <laughs> Right. It's very, just well, do we'll a have Google a link on it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> have a link. <laughs> but um, but agents should not charge you money up front. Yeah, what so. you want to do is you really want to research before you even mm. consider an agent. You really want to do some strong research. There's a great uh, it's um, writersmarketplace.com, mm-hmm. um, which it used to uh, writers market, not writers marketplace, writersmarket.com. Sorry. It's awesome. <laughs> Take a drink. Um, writersmarket.com. And it, uh, it's also the writer's market you can get at the library. It's the big, thick book. And you can research agents there. And in, in writer's market, it's all reputable agencies. It's all people. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody should charge you anything to read your work. You know, there shouldn't right. be reading fees. There shouldn't be any kind of fees or anything. What, what yeah. they will charge you for, it'll come out of the, you know, um, they get 15% um, and then on top of that, things like when they send, when they use FedEx to send your manuscript out, when they, you know, so there are some ancillary charges, mm. you know, but, um, but I mean, it's stuff like, you know, things that they do on your behalf, send a FedEx out and things like that. I mean, you know, you get a little charge right. sheet like that, but they, they take 15% mm. um, of what they sell for you. So that's, right. you know, that's, that's typical it. for, for mm-hmm. the romance industry anyway. Right. So, right, right. All right. Mm-hmm. But the next question is, who does the agent work for? 
They work for a secret agency commission that fights crime. I, I'm sorry. The joke's old now, but I can't stop myself. Um, the agent works for you. You know, they, they've mm-hmm. got a big, they have, there's companies and, and groups of agencies that work all together. And the thing is, is that it's not a typical, um, you know, like a client service provider kind of relationship. You know, I mean, it's, it's, right. it's very different, especially because they get to select who their clients are. You know, so mm-hmm. since they're the ones doing the selecting, it kind of, um, it kind of evens out that power relationship, you know, where usually when you hire somebody to do something, then you're totally um, the one with all the power in the relationship they're really more of a business partner partner where they say i you know i believe in you i believe that you can you know have the kind of success that will bring money into my agency and will bring me success and so let's hook up and do this together so it's it's kind of a very it's an unusual situation i mean they are you know you are the client you know you are the Mm -hmm. one that, that they're working for but at the same time it's really a business partnership where you're both benefiting each other you know they're bringing industry knowledge and um, and experience and connections to you whereas you're bringing the work you know and the and everything that that they can sell to them the product to them so right right Okay. okay all right now the next question is why do I need an agent Well, an agent, even though they take the 15% or whatever percentage, Mm -hmm. is going to make you more money. Right. They they know, uh, you know, what to look for. They know how to negotiate. They've done tons and tons of contracts. Mm -hmm. They're worth their weight in gold. The other thing is they can get you into houses that you will not be able to get into without an agent. Right. Because a lot of houses will only look at agent and material. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, And also... Publishing can be sort of like a minefield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's understatement. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to have a partner to kind of bounce ideas off of or mm-hmm. things happen to you and you're like, mm-hmm. what do I do about this or how do I handle this? Right. And it's very mm-hmm. nice to have a partner who's willing to work with you and kind of um, help you grow also as as an author in the business, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, the Mm -hmm. thing is that there's so many things that an agent will do for you. And, um, you know, the connections and, um, you know, knowing who to submit to, knowing what genres are selling, knowing where to sell them. You know, the fact they've got a personal relationship with editors, so they'll go up to the editor and they'll say, gosh, I just know you're going to love this writer that's really going to get you in there. They're going to get you. I mean, yes, you pay them 15%, but they get you well above and beyond that 15% and what you would have gotten without them. If you were even able to get to those those editors. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, and they'll, they'll also get your work read a lot faster mm-hmm. than you mm-hmm. could ever yeah. do on your own. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's just, there's you know. uh, there's a thousand reasons to get an agent and really mm-hmm. no good reasons not to. Right, so. right. So the next question is, how do I submit to an agent? How you submit to an agent. Okay, this is really, really, really super important. Mm-hmm. You research every agent individually and submit to them the way that they want you to submit to them. Um, They will either, basically it's going to be one of two ways. A lot of agencies are going online so that you submit um, electronically through whatever their website is. Um, And then you follow their instructions. Whatever they're specific, they say jump through a hoop and chant five times and light a candle and then send it in. And you do it exactly the way (laughs) that they say it. Exactly. And and there are people, you know, who um, say, you know, send us a query with a self-addressed stamped envelope or whatever. You send them exactly what, what you do, what they ask 
ask for. And every agency will have certain twists on those rules for how you submit. So you really need to research them. Again, I cannot stress enough the importance of writersmarket.com or the Writers Market book, which you can get at the library. Yes. Because they're both invaluable as far as knowing exactly who to submit to. Also, please, dear God, make sure that the person you're submitting to sells what you're sending. You know, you don't just blanket send, you know, your thing out to everybody. You know, mm-hmm. talk, research them, find authors who write what you write, uh, find out who their agents are, submit to them and say, gosh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Susan Elizabeth Phillips. You're, you know, you're her agent. You're wonderful. I write books along this vein, you know, do the, the, the footwork yes. involved to know what that agent does. Because I'll tell you something, if you just send your stuff out to anybody because they're an agent and think that they're going to represent you, you know, you need to really put the elbow grease in. And I cannot stress that right. enough. I remember when I was looking for an agent, Mm -hmm. I probably researched agents for a good month or two, Mm -hmm. and I found all the information that I could find out on each agent, Mm -hmm. and I put it, don't laugh, I put it in an access database. (laughs) (laughs) Not even an Excel file, an access database. And for those of you who ever built an access database. to a couple of different things, you know. Oh my gosh. I love you. You are so freaking adorable. I love you. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, and then what I did was I I actually started to group them mm-hmm. into like my A group and my B group oh, and yes. my C group Absolutely. and my D. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that. And once you got past like the C group, I just deleted them because right. really I was just looking at, you know, that top. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to submit, I actually submitted to my top agent choices first. Right. Mm-hmm. Always go for the best ones. Right. Always you know, go for your dream, my way down. your dream list. I mean, there's no Absolutely. reason not to shoot for the top. Now, here's the thing. While, right. I, while I tell you guys all of this, <laughs> I should admit <laughs> that I didn't do any of that. What happened to me was I sent my first chapter to a friend and she sent it to her agent and her agent called me and said, can I represent you? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited because I had no I, I had no intention of getting an agent as as fast as I did. And it just happened mm-hmm. to be the best agent in the world that yeah. could have turned. I mean, that exact story could have turned into the biggest nightmare, but I was so ignorant. <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into. I happened to dodge a major, major bullet because yeah. as wonderful as my agent is and as wonderful as Sam's agent is, there are mm-hmm. some agents out there who would not have been as good a fit. It's like, it's like a marriage. It's like having a boyfriend. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, or, you know, getting married somebody. Exactly. Like their personality. And it doesn't have to mean that there's anything wrong with that person. You know, there may be Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that particular agent, but it's just their personality doesn't mesh with yours or the, the, you know, they may be more aggressive or not aggressive Mm -hmm. enough. You know, um, it it completely depends on what your relation, what your personality is and what you want out of that relationship, Um, what it is that you want out of your career, you know. And um, so who who you choose, you know, is hugely, hugely important. And you can't research them enough. You can't get to know them. I mean, I just was I mean, I got lucky. I mean, because my agent could not possibly be more perfect for me. 
I mm-hmm. love her. She's the most fabulous agent ever. And I still, to this day, cannot believe how stupid I was, you know, because it could have turned out really, <laughs> but, really badly. But you mm-hmm. didn't know. I didn't know any better. I didn't. Th- I thought right. she was going to reject me. I was sure she was going to reject me. This friend sends yeah. off, you know, my thing and recommends me and I send her a chapter, you know, and mm-hmm. then she was like, oh, well, let me see the rest of it. I'm like, all right. You know, so I sent it. And then she called me up. She's like, oh, I'd really like to represent you. And I was like, what? Because I thought I had planned to get rejected a lot. That was my plan. <laughs> and I think that that's a good solid. That's a plan that makes sense. That yeah. wasn't stupid. You should plan to mm-hmm. get rejected a lot, you know, um, yeah. in the beginning. And that was my plan. And so she just com- kind of threw my plan out of balance. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, oh, yes, you know, and it turned out she was absolutely fabulous. And, you know, and I mean, the fact is that she was, you know, she was representing a friend of mine who was mm-hmm. also wonderful. And so the fact that this friend had a good experience with her was also, right. you know, uh, uh, you know, and was, that counts a lot, too. If you can does. talk mm-hmm. to somebody who who um, who is, is represented, is represented by, the, yes, by oh, the absolutely. Agent. And they'll tell yeah, you if they really won't tell great. you who they're representing, then that's a big mm-hmm. red flag that something's wrong. But um, right. you can find out who they're representing. You can do just a search on the Internet and find out. Um, usually on their website, they will say some of their clients are and um and you can get a hold of a lot of people a lot of authors are really i mean people email me about my agent all the time they're like oh tell me about stephanie and i'm like i love her (laughs) she's fabulous and if she offers you representation you should take it you know um but uh but you know i mean it's there's a lot of personality stuff you should interview the agent you should Mm -hmm. talk to them on the phone get a feel for who they are let them get a feel for you who you are it's just it's Mm -hmm. so important that relationship is just it's so important and it's going to basically define your career so Right. Mm-hmm. And the thing is also an agent will help you, yes, guide mm-hmm. your career. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a very important partnership in this mm-hmm. business. Yeah. Now, my story is I got rejected by, I don't know, I must have had 30 rejections mm-hmm. from agents. But I was crazy people I was had no idea what they had in their hands. Well, it's a very small market and it's yeah. not that the books, you know, mm-hmm. weren't good. It's just that the market Well, I know, because so you were doing science small. fiction at that time, the, the C.J. Right, Berry books. Time. And that's a really, that's a tight market. Right. So mm-hmm. I sold my first two books without an agent. Uh-huh. Now, um, with Unraveled, um, that's when I um, got in contact with Roberta. I mm-hmm. submitted it to her and we were on the phone. I remember um, when she said she was interested in representing me. Mm-hmm. We got on the phone. We were on the phone for like two hours. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. And I had a list mm-hmm. of like 10 questions oh, that I so wanted smart. to ask her. I researched you're the so list. Good. I wanted to mm-hmm. know different, you know, uh, about the fees, about the percentages. I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to explain to her what I was looking for in an agent. She explained to me, you know, what Uh-oh. kind of agent she was and what kind of services she you. provided Did to she, her clients. She's, she's still and we had a very long dialogue um, <laughs> oh, no. between us. No, no, not at this point. C-Block, are you back? Yeah, I'm here. I'm still talking. Oh, good. (laughs) You'll hear me in the background going, oh, is she still talking? Is she, because I'm, because I'm waiting and I'm like, okay, sorry. (laughs) But I think this really, that really is a more typical way of getting an agent (laughs) rather than Lonnie going, yeah, yeah. I know. I was like, (laughs) I was like the wallflower that finally got asked to the prom. I was like, yes, yes, I will go. You know, even though you're going to drop pig's blood on me, I will go. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> it's a character but, um, too. <laughs> but I knew as soon as we got done with that conversation that she was the agent for me. Oh, and I great. actually mm-hmm. ended up getting a couple of other um, offers mm-hmm. uh, to represent me, but but I did choose her, and mm-hmm. I, I, I have never regretted it. She's yeah. a fantastic agent. Mm-hmm. She's perfect for me. Mm-hmm. You know, we are uh, very similar. Yes. She, it, you know, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm a bit of a driver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you now? Yeah, she is. She can be too, but mm-hmm. really she's very calm mm-hmm. and she's, you know, so when I'm all, you know, crazy about something, yeah. she's, you know, she's there. It's okay. I'll mm-hmm. take care of it. Don't worry about it. You know, oh, I'll let yeah. you know how it goes. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so she's, that's the she's way, absolutely yeah, fabulous. that's the way Stephanie is too. I mean, she's really, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm lucky. I mean, absolutely. The way that Sam did it is the way it should be done. You, you should absolutely do it that way because it just makes so much more sense. I just got really lucky. I just got fabulously mm. lucky. Um, and I'm in- mm-hmm. eternally grateful for it. But um, but that could have turned into a really huge disaster. And I know people who've had that where they've they've matched up too quickly with the wrong person. And then the right. personalities don't match and it ends up being it's so painful. It's just a painful situation. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, the next uh, question is, uh, do agents rep all genres? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most agents will concentrate on a, on a particular genre or mm-hmm. sub or group or a bunch of sub genres. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's so important to do your research. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're writing romantic suspense, you want an agent who does who who handles romantic suspense. Mm-hmm. If you're writing futuristics or, or romantic comedies or straight thrillers or whatever it may be. You want an agent who who specializes in, in representing those, and they will reject you if yeah. you send them something that they don't represent. Mm-hmm. Uh, publishing is 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 a is a tough business. It is, and mm-hmm. it's hard to know everything about everything in publishing. Mm-hmm. So most agents will concentrate on particular areas. Yeah, whatever really interests them. I mean, my agent represents mm-hmm. both fiction and nonfiction, but she tends to represent stuff that has women's interests. You know, and so that's kind of right. where her little like her her niches you know but um but yeah mm-hmm. i mean there's and and she doesn't represent everything so you know you send her a book i don't know what she doesn't represent because i know she represents well, me and children's that's it. Stro- a but like children's, children's stuff right exactly yeah. usually children's books there's a different mm-hmm. agent you know there's agents that specialize in children's and then you know so you could have right. two agents if you write for children and you write for adults you could do that but again it's exactly. one of those things that you really need to um to research right so. So the next question is, where do I start looking for one? Writer's Market. Writersmarket.com. Writer's Market, the book in the library. Or you can get it. It's at Barnes Mm & Noble, too. It's like 25 bucks, or at least it was a couple of years ago. I don't know. Writersmarket.com is like three bucks a month the last time I checked. It's a fabulous bargain considering Mm -hmm. what you get out of it. And it, it gives you so much information. It's always updated. You know, whereas the writer's market in a library or whatever is always, you know, only current as of when it was published. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. another good source is to ask fellow writers who represent them. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if you look in books, a lot of times, uh, many, many times, the author will uh, dedicate the book to their to their agent or they'll um, mention them in the the acknowledgments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it kind of gives you a a clue of where uh, of uh, who represents them. Yeah. So if there's a writer who writes similar to Mm -hmm. what you write you know um then a great place to start is looking at that person's book especially if it's somebody you love you know if you can write to some if you write to an agent 
and they love their authors, of course, as they should, you know. Yes. Um, and you say, oh, my God, I'm so in love with, you know, Susan Elizabeth Phillips, Jenny Cruzy, Jane Ann Krentz. I think they're just fabulous, and I write in a similar vein, and blah, blah, blah. That's something that's automatically the agent is going to be like, oh, wow. A, it's somebody who's done their research. B, it's somebody mm-hmm. whose taste is similar to mine. C, a little flattery will get you there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, mm-hmm. if you, you know, I if it's my, you know, if I was an agent and somebody loved my, you know, if somebody wrote me a letter and said, oh, my God, I love Samantha Graves, I'd be like, me too! you know (laughs) and you feel like you can bond with them so I mean that's a really cool you know I mean that's a cool thing so it's just it's a good thing to just have done your research it'll make all the difference in the world and it will totally it'll tell you who you want to submit to and who you don't want to submit to and Mm -hmm. uh, it'll it'll make your life easier too so right all right. right so the next thing is what should I look for in an agent an agent should be your number one fan mm-hmm I think that kind of encapsulates how I feel about that partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, you should look for an agent who uh, is is looking for your out for your best interest, mm-hmm. who is looking to be a partner, mm-hmm. um, who can um, who knows a lot about the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Oh gosh, there's just so many things. What do you think? Um, I think that there are, there are some things that you should absolutely look for in every agent, like all the things that you mentioned. And there mm-hmm. are things that you should you should know yourself mm-hmm. really well before you um, commit to an agent because it needs right. to be somebody whose personality is a mesh with yours. Now, um, you know, I'll say that Stephanie is the perfect agent for me. Couldn't possibly mm-hmm. be perfecter. Couldn't possibly be happier with her. I, uh, if she ever leaves this industry, I will cry and weep for the rest of my <laughs> life because she's just so fabulous. But, you know, I mean, she may not be the right agent for everyone. You know, there are some mm-hmm. people who, you know, might want somebody who, I don't know, she's perfect in every regard, so I can't even think about why anybody would want her. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there are some, there are some agents out there who are um, more aggressive. They're more about the money. They're more about the big bucks. And then there are some right. agents that are more willing to get you the deal that will grow your career at a slower, mm-hmm. more steady pace. Um, there and also are, find you an editor that, sh- that they know you will love right, working that's with. That's going to, that's going to um, work well with you. That there are people, yes. there are people who are more, um, they're more touchy feely, you know, that are mm-hmm. more sensitive, that are going to talk to you a little bit more. There are other people who are going to be like, look, I'm in it for the business that are all about the business. Right. And some people do better with that type of personality. Mm-hmm. So the important thing so, is to know who you are, to know what it right. is that you want. What do you want from your agent and know that before you go into it? So that when you talk to them on the, the phone, question, you've got an idea. Mm-hmm. Right. And the question is, what should I look for in an agent? You should look for in an agent what you want. Mm-hmm. And every person's going to be a little bit different right. from that. You have to decide so. what you want in an agent and look for that. So, mm-hmm. Right. And the last question mm-hmm. is, why should I fire my agent? <laughs> you know what? I feel a little bad answering this because I honestly. You put this one on here. I, I do. <laughs> I did. And I put it on there because I am the agent breakup artist. I've had a number of friends who come to me telling me things that their agents have done or said or, you know, mm. and I, I'm like, fire them and they can't they it never even occurred mm. to them they're because yeah. because you know we're women and we get these relationships and we, it becomes sometimes personal you know right. and i honestly i have to tell you i do personally adore my agent 
I mean, I adore mm -hmm. her as a person. Yep, if me too. we, if she ever did leave the industry or, you know, for any reason we weren't working together I'd, anymore, I'd I would lost. still adore her. I would still adore yeah. her as a person, you know, yeah. and care very deeply for her, you know, as a person. But there are certain things that, um, when they happen, um, you, that's when you need to say goodbye. There's, um, I've had a, a bunch of friends who've gone through this and for some reason, every time my friends go through this, I'm always the one on the phone with them when they finally make the decision. <laughs> Because I'm like basically like, you know, when you got like a friend whose boyfriend and their relationship isn't working out and you're like, kick him to the curb, cut the dead weight. I'm that friend. I'm the person you call when you need somebody to give you the balls to write the the letter, you know, because you have to send them a letter, um, you right. know, and it's all, you know, special and, and certified and everything. Right. And some agents have contracts. I mean, you actually sign a contract with the agent and right. in that contract mm -hmm. will be the terms for termination right exactly for either so, one of you usually it's a certified right. letter and then you give them 30 days to respond or something like that it's it's you know right. it's something along those lines but um but i mean the thing is that if an agent if you're not comfortable calling your agent and asking a question when you need to i mean the one thing like you don't want to call your agent every day honestly i've called my agent in the last four years like twice usually i email mm. her if i've got a problem and then if i right. need to talk to her i say call me and she calls me mm -hmm. so i mean it's things like that like just because i she's very busy she's not always in the office office so I but I'm not calling her all the time like you know when you have a minute call me if it's really important or whatever and most everything else we do over email whenever it's convenient for each of us but um but there you know I've had friends who are like oh you know I don't feel comfortable asking my agent a question you know I don't feel comfortable because some agents oh are gosh. really big yeah I know seriously <laughs> which is when you've got to fire them I had somebody who told yeah. me that her agent yelled at her her agent yelled oh. at her and I was like, oh, she's oh. so fired, you know? So, I mean, that's yeah. a situation where if you're, if you're not comfortable talking to your agent about whatever your problems are, you know, if you're not comfortable discussing, yeah. like, you know, she was so intimidated by this agent that she was uncomfortable talking mm. to this agent um, about why she was uncomfortable talking to the agent. And I was like, you know what? And that story, you know, <laughs> I had another friend whose agent was calling her with personal issues you know, mm. and talking about personal problems and crying on the phone, you know, and I'm, I'm sorry, but there's like, I adore my agent. I love her. Mm -hmm. But when she's crying, she don't call me, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, and I don't call her, you know, unless <laughs> I need right. money. And then I'm like, I need money. Get me a deal. You know, you know? We we say partnership, but this is a business. It's a business partnership. partnership. Above, and there's a you certain know, line. Above anything else, yeah. it is a business partnership. Right. And there's just a certain so. line that you don't cross there. So, I mean, that's a situation like when your agent is making it personal, then you get mm -hmm. out of that relationship um, and you find somebody who can be friendly, but with business, you know, which is like the mm -hmm. perfect thing. Um, there's also, you know, if your agent um, is failing to you know, respond to you if they're not, mm. you know, if you're calling them yes. or you're emailing them and they haven't responded back to you, then they have, you know, a, a client list that's apparently too big and perhaps one less will make life easier for them. So um, mm. situations like that, those are all situations in which, you know, if right. you're not getting what you need out of that relationship, you have to remember that it is a business relationship and that it just mm -hmm. needs to be severed and that it's not personal. You know, that right. it's not a personal thing. And I mean, you can write them a letter and be like, it's been a pleasure working with you. I feel mm -hmm. for these reasons at this time that we need to terminate the relationship. One thing, though, if it's at all possible for you to talk to them about it and give them a chance to mend the problem before you send the certified letter if you can say look right. here are my issues now i you know when the friend whose agent was yelling at her i was like oh no you're sending the letter you're not even calling her you know because if, if they're yelling yeah. at you 
that's it. There are certain things mm-hmm. that abuse is not acceptable. Right. Um, exactly. So, I mean, there are certain things that are not acceptable. But if there's things like, you know, they're not returning your phone calls, they're not returning your emails, they're mm-hmm. not getting to you fast enough, then, you know, you or get a hold of them. Right, or, or they're, they're not sending your workout. Right, or they're not sending your workout or whatever. Yeah. If something's going on. Because mm-hmm. everybody has times where things go a little south. You know, everybody has um, times like that. And, and so, I mean, if at all possible... Unless there's abusive behavior involved, you should try to contact them first, try to talk to them first, say, this is very serious, I need to talk to you, you know, and talk to them about what the problems are and give them a chance to fix the problems because it's easier to mend a relationship with your current agent than it is to find Mm. a new one. Finding an agent is a very difficult, long, grueling process, even if you've been published. So, um, So, I mean, the thing is that you really want to mend that relationship if at all possible. Once you've given them the opportunity to mend the relationship and nothing has happened and things have not progressed and things have not improved and you know or the behavior mm-hmm. is still unprofessional or there's abuse or whatever you know um in, in those kinds of situations then you just need to write the certified letter and get out you need to look at your contract figure out exactly what you need to do to sever that relationship and sever it as fast as possible but um mm-hmm. but i mean in all other situations you know if if it's at all possible to mend the relationship you should give them an opportunity to do that right so all right. all right. Well, and I think that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> it covers it, huh? <laughs> Your glass is probably empty, and ours certainly is. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick break. We'll see you in a few. <laughs> Flynn Daly needs a drink. Under pressure from her father, she's agreed to move out of her South Boston neighborhood and run the inn left to her by her dead aunt. The problem? It's in the middle of upstate New York, where there's nature and bugs and no public transportation. The cute bartender keeps giving her attitude and she's getting visits from her Aunt Esther, even though she's dead. Jake Tucker needs a break. He's sure that Esther Goodhouse was murdered, but he can't find any proof. If cozying up to Esther's niece gets him the information he needs, so be it. But once he gets close to Flynn, he decides that some investigations are more fun with a partner. Crazy in Love by Lonnie Diane Rich. In stores now. Thanks for coming back. I'm Samantha Graves. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich. And this is Will Ride for Wine. And, and we, we fight, fight crime! crime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We just are having too much fun with that. I know. I know. I was just telling Tim, I'm like, I'm at the point tonight where I had just a little too much wine. <laughs> I'm finally feeling better after I've been sick all week. Oh, you have been. I'm letting it go to my head. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like drinking my wine. I'm like, I'm feeling good. I'm not sick anymore. Yay. And then tomorrow I'm going to wake up and be like, damn, why did I do that? I was feeling better. (laughs) All right. Want to win some great prizes? Yes, I do. Of course you do. (laughs) (laughs) Head on down to Will Wright. For wine.com mm-hmm. and give us some feedback we're looking for questions wine suggestions or just general commentary on the show mm-hmm. oh sorry that's me <laughs> i was pouring myself some new wine <laughs> see i have had a little too much each month oh wait now it's the verbal sobriety test okay yes each month all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket at the end of the month we'll pull a name out of the bucket to win a fabulous prize <laughs> Did I you pass. notice? Did you notice that I changed the script so that yes, I, I left you with the sobriety test uh, section? Yes, yes, I noticed that I still mm-hmm. get the sobriety test. That's yeah. fine. I uh-huh. handle it. I'm okay. good. <laughs> 
For November, we are giving away our first official Will Ride for Wine holiday survival kit with everything you need to survive this holiday season. Oh my gosh, I know. I love it. (laughs) I'm still upset that I can't win. Anyway, all you have to do to enter is send us an email at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or comment on the website or hang out in the forums. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh and and so we haven't gotten like a ton of mm-hmm. uh of, of feedback or uh email. So send them in, send them in. You still have a couple of weeks. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> we will announce the November winner on our first December show and Lonnie, no you can't send yourself in as somebody else. <laughs> so see- <laughs> So send in your comments and suggestions now. <laughs> All right. And up next, we have the dun-dun-dun-dun. Wait, why are you there? I'm here. Oh, you got cut out. I didn't hear you. I was like, wait, did I just do the dun-dun-dun by myself? Weekly no. weigh-in. Weekly weigh-in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Boy, that was a good one. <laughs> yes, that went really well. Really well. Yeah. So, Lonnie, how'd you do this week? All right. Well, like I said, I had a stomach bug this week. I was sick and it was horrible. Mm. Um, And it slowed me down a bit, but I still managed to write 68 pages, which is actually kind of a lot. Unbelievable. (laughs) And I've planned out the second half of the book. So it's all easy sailing from here. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Good. I have a whole wall with all the all the color coded (laughs) notes. I have to and I need this. to get my camera. I have to get a camera so I can take a picture oh, yeah. of, of that, you know, along with my little, I was telling Sam today, I knit a, um, a, a little coaster, a little wine coaster, mm-hmm. like for my wine glass and a little, um, wine bottle cozy that goes over the I bottom just of the love wine it. And it's so cute. It's adorable. It's all orange and bright and festive. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I've got all that stuff that I need to take pictures of. But anyway, <laughs> how'd you do this week? <laughs> Uh, well, I got about, I don't know, about a 2,000 words oh, awesome. or so, mm-hmm. yep, which brings me to over 10,000 words. But mm-hmm. I'm not really doing nano because I'm just working on a proposal. Right. However, mm-hmm. I did finish the chapters for the proposal, which was my goal for this week. So that's big. Oh, that's huge. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So uh, in the next two weeks, I need to get the synopsis done. And oh, then God, the edit. synopsis. Oh, I hate I know, them. They're horrible. I know. Uh-huh. And then edit the chapters, and then I will be able to send them to my agent. Mm, yeah. Very excited. And it's very such exciting. good stuff. Thank you. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's fun. I so like good. it. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for this week's Random Etc., where we do whatever we feel like because it's our show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tonight, we're doing our favorite killer yes. word. Yay. All right. And I'm going to go first. Okay. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. All right. And my word. Mm-hmm is thaumaturgy. Oh, wait. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me turn up my volume here. And you're going to have to say that again. What is that? Thaumaturgy. Thaumaturgy. <laughs> T-H-O-M-A-T-U-R-G-Y. Thaumaturgy. Is that right? All right. Say that again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not the only one who's had too much wine. T-H-O-M-A-T-U-R-G-Y. Thaumaturgy. All right. Apparently that's not correct. Okay. So it's very, very close. It is the practice of studying liturgy from the book of Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) So close. Oh, I'm sure. I'm just really within a hair's breadth of what, what the hell is that? It is... 
the performance of miracles. Sort of <gasps> like you writing all your pages. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Isn't that cool? That is so Thaumaturgy. cool. It's a noun and this, it's circa 1727, which is oh why we don't hear gosh. it a lot now. So That but, is an awesome word. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I love this one. This is so cool. <laughs> all right. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Because mine's not nice. <laughs> All right. Peripatia. Peripatia. I can hear you writing (laughs) in the background. P-A-R-A-P-E-T-I-A. No. But that's okay. Go ahead. And it is it is the fear of jumping out of a plane in a parachute. Ooh. (laughs) Very good. And yet not at all close. Okay. All right. Peripatia. P-E-R. Oh, wait, you didn't spell thaum- th- thaumaturgy, did you? Oh, did you oh spell do you want me to How spell, do you spell it? it? All right. Yeah. It's T-H-A-U-M-A-T-U-R-G-Y. So you are very right. I'm close. Gonna have I think to, you had a I'm going to have to see that on the website because I can't picture it now. All right. No. Anyway, back to me. Mm-hmm. Peripatia is P-E-R-I-P-E-T-E-I-A. Oh. Oh, it's it's one of those evil. Is it a French word? Because it's it's got a lot of vowels. Okay, it's Greek. It's Greek. (laughs) All right, but it's so cool. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. You ready? Okay. A sudden or unexpected reversal of circumstances or situation, especially (gasps) in a literary work. Get out. No, I'm totally. I'm totally serious. Oh wait, I am not even kidding. It's awesome. (laughs) Drink twice. Okay. I love it. It's so cool. Okay, now in now they have an example sentence. Mm-hmm. In the last act of the play, the king's decision to avenge his brother leads to a peripatia that leaves him bereft of his throne and his family. Oh, interesting. Peripatia. I this love is a it. word. This is like one of these words where I look at it and I'm like, where have you been all my life? Because you know how you talk <laughs> about that? You're like, you know how at the end and then everything like switches all around, all of a sudden it's totally something different? Like now there's a word for it. Peripatia. That's that is amazing. the peripatia. It's yeah. so cool. And let me let me just read this little bit because I'm mm-hmm. so excited about this word. Mm-hmm. Peripatia comes from Greek, in which the verb peripiptine <laughs> means to fall around or to change suddenly. It usually mm-hmm. indicates a turning point, which we've been ah, talking about a lot. Yeah. Turning point in a drama mm-hmm. after which the plot moves steadily to its denouement. Uh. In his Poetics, Aristotle (laughs) describes Peripatia as the shift of the tragic protagonist's fortune from good to bad, a shift that is essential to the plot of tragedy. Ah, so how? it's for tragedies. It's really is for well, tragedies. not just tragedy. Oh, cool. I, mean, I think that it's anything mm-hmm. like where all of a sudden you know how it, it's in every every well written I think right. book has this where right. Usually you know it's towards the, climax. the end it's a dark right moment. it's at the climax it's, it's a the, dark it's, moment it's, it's that yes. moment that leads into the denouement. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's the that's what's so freaking cool about this. Like I love that there you know because you know how when. Yeah. There's a concept like the and there's no word. word for it. And you always have to kind of explain it in a lot of words. And now, mm-hmm. now it's just the peripatia. Right. We'll just, we'll be all cool. We'll be like, oh no, that's just the peripatia. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like we know what we're talking about. I love, th- I'm so in love with this word. Uh. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that'll do it for now. Okay. <laughs> I think we've done enough. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and probably get a little more wine, which is not advisable. But we're going to do it anyway, and then we'll be right back. <laughs> wow. 
Well, the show's almost over, and I'm sure you're really sad about that. But now you don't have to wait another week to hear from Sam and Lonnie because we've got websites open 24-7 and ready when you are. Morning, noon, or night. For Lonnie, be sure to stop by the newly redesigned LonnieDianeRich.com, where Lonnie's latest books and news will be regularly updated. Right, Lonnie? Also, don't forget to drop by DogsAndGoddesses.com, where Lonnie is collaborating live on the web with New York Times bestsellers Jennifer Cruzy and Ann Stewart. It's like a reality show with writers, which is really much more interesting than it sounds. So check it out. For more information on Sam, click your way on over to SamanthaGraves.com for her latest news and giveaways. I think she's better about updating. Yeah, that's right. There are also links to her blog her MySpace page, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry, author of award-winning futuristic romances. And don't forget to stop by at willwriteforwine.com for links to our joint MySpace page, our cafe press store, and all the cool things we talk about during the show. By the time you're done with all that, we'll be back in a new podcast next week. Everybody plays and everybody wins. Well, it's time for last call here at Will Write for Wine. Thanks for hanging out with us. Yes, keep sending in those wine suggestions to us at feedback at willwriteforwine.com. I probably won't screw them up. <laughs> or in the comments on the website or on the forums. Mm-hmm. Send good wine suggestions to Sam, me. And send cheap wine suggestions to me, Lonnie. <laughs> also, don't miss our cool Cafe Press store where you can find all sorts of fun Will, Will Write for Wine merchandise. The link can be found on the right-hand column of the website at willwriteforwine.com. Yes, and please vote for us at Podcast Alley. Your votes count new every month, so if you voted in October, you can vote again now. And you can always review us at iTunes no matter what time of month it is. Wait, yeah. that doesn't sound right. <laughs> no matter what time of the month it is. They Don't do time. it at that time of the month. <laughs> Only do it at times of the month when you're happy. <laughs> right. Oh, man, I'm having such a good time tonight. Uh, and we should probably tell you how mm-hmm. to do that. <laughs> right. Just go to your iTunes podcast page and click mm-hmm. on the Will Write for Wine top line, not the podcast, right mm-hmm. on where it says Will Write for Wine. Mm-hmm. This will display a blue arrow next to the words Will Write for Wine. Mm-hmm. Click on the blue arrow to see our our iTunes page and scroll down uh, to where the reviews are. Mm-hmm. To add a review, you click on the link on the right that says Write a re- Review. Right. All right. Is and that totally also, confusing? I think it's completely clear. <laughs> no, it's iTunes. It is a little confusing. Just, you know, do a, do a podcast, do a search for We'll Write for Wine, find mm-hmm. our page, and then it'll be yeah. fine. Or yeah. on our, our front, uh, on our website. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a thing where it connects to us on iTunes and it'll send it to the iTunes page? Yep, I think so. All right. Anywhere, somewhere on that page, there's a write a review link. And you just mm-hmm. click on that. It'll be fine. Anyway, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> Our Will Write for Wine forums, which are rocking. Oh, my God. Talk about Whiffers Gone Wild. Everybody's there. Yeah. It is a completely active community. I mean, the whole thing with the forums. I was like, you know, I don't want to put up forums because there's going to be like two people nobody there. nobody will be there. Right. Exactly. Because nobody's <laughs> going to want to hang out with us. And we're going to look like losers. And then we put up the forums for the nano people. And then all of a sudden, it's like, vroom, everybody's on there. And it's awesome. It's it wonderful. So hey, much awesome. Fun. You drink. <laughs> Drinking game. Awesome. (laughs) Anyway, the link to the forums can be found on the right-hand column of the website under other pages. So it's up there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
uh, there's no show next week because I will be out of town. Right. Plus, so, it's, you know, Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all, holidays, you know, it's holiday yeah. time. So we're not doing it. We're going to be drinking. Right. Yeah. We're just not oh. going to be doing it live yeah. on the air. That's Because <laughs> <laughs> there's family, there's drinking. Yes. And mm-hmm. remember, the Sauvignon Blanc goes very well with turkey. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> also with crazy family members. <laughs> Sauvignon Blanc, excellent for crazy family members. Yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent for you. Not so much for them, <laughs> right. but for you, works really well. <laughs> So our next show will be the week after that, and mm-hmm. it is on writers. If it's so hard, why do we do it? <laughs> now, I chose this one because Lonnie will be on her last day of NaNo, <laughs> and it's perfect timing because she can explain oh, to us man. why she wanted to do 80,000 words in a month. month. In yeah. 30 days, I'm yeah. doing 80,000 words. I'm not even doing the 50,000 yeah. words. 50,000 words, I'm like, whatever. I'm already at 43,000 words for this month. <laughs> I'm obviously insane, but, um, but yeah, I mean, actually that's a really good time to discuss Mm -hmm. it because I'm going to be like, I don't know why I did this. My brain ain't working anymore. (laughs) Well, he's going to finish her book at noon, start drinking. Oh yeah. I'm going to be fully, fully plastered by the time we get to that. Hopefully the book actually might be done. The book might be done by the time we get yeah, to that. I think so it that's going to be. be really interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I can't even imagine. Anyway, <laughs> next week we're going to dig into the psychology behind the masochism and I will be exhibit yeah. A. Yeah. <laughs> the masochism of writing. Just right. so we're clear. So nobody has any, any the masochism of writing. Like that's yeah. not redundant. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So until next time, this is Sam. And this is Lonnie saying if you can't write for money, then write for wine. (laughs) All right. It's Friday night. Bye. They fight crime. (laughs) We'll Write for Wine is brought to you each week by Lonnie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Be sure to hit the website at willwritefourwine.com where you can find great links to everything in the show, news about what the girls are up to, and links to great cafe press merchandise like t-shirts, hats, and mugs. I like the apron myself. Also, don't forget to friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash willwriteforwine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and go vote for Lonnie and Sam at Podcast Alley or write a glowing review at iTunes. Remember, there's good karma out there. Vote for them at Podcast Alley. Come back next time as Johnny Depp's soulmate or perhaps Colin Firth's ring any bells or, you know, the, the soulmate, whoever does it for you. You get the point. Anyway, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time right here on Will Write for Wine. Caffeine consumption. So when I get up, I just have one cup of coffee and I like to have another cup of coffee with my breakfast. And on the way to work, I